This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 383 for Thursday, December 28th, 2023. And in today's episode, I will be giving you my predictions for cameras that we'll see in 2024. And I think the new year will be an interesting one for some camera makers and a little bit meh for others. Let's start out this list with Canon. First off, the Canon EOS R1. Now, I am fairly certain that in 2024, we will finally see the release of Canon's new flagship sports camera with the release of the EOS R1. Now, many people are speculating that the R1 will have an insanely large sensor to compete with Sony and Nikon with their 50 and 61 megapixel sensors, but I personally disagree. Canon has never put a large sensor in their flagship bodies, with their previous DSLR versions coming with a 20.1 megapixel sensor. Now, it is possible that they will bump the sensor up to, say, 24 megapixels like the R3, possibly, but I don't think so. I am thinking they will stick with the 20.1 megapixel sensor size for the superior low-light capabilities and that it could be possibly a stack sensor like in the R3. Now, I am predicting that it will probably have an insane frames per second of maybe 60 or higher, and I think it might be possible that it will also have a global shutter as a flagship sports body is where that would be the most valuable for shooters of professional sports like the Olympics, MLB, NHL, NFL, NBA, and of course, motorsports such as superbike racing, NASCAR, and IMSA racing as well. It may be pie in the sky thinking, but I am also fairly certain that the R1 will have dual CF Express Type B card slots to better accommodate the high frames per second, as well as the general demands of pro sports shooting. It would be a big move on Canon's part, but they need to move in that direction so they aren't left in the dust by Sony and Nikon. In 2024, Canon cannot afford to still be using old, outdated memory card technology in their new mirrorless flagship camera, or they could lose more market share and fall to number two in the camera market, giving up that number one spot to Sony. Now, the R1 will also feature five-axis in-body image stabilization, of course, and possibly the RJ45 port being upgraded to one gigabit. The R3 and all previous Canon flagships have all maxed out at 100 megabits for their LAN connection, and I believe Canon will move to 1 gigabit with their first mirrorless flagship. The battery will most likely be the same as the R3, which uses the LPE19 lithium-ion battery, but they could throw us a curveball and release a new battery with the R1. Now, for years, Canon would have a wide variety of battery models, and then when they started doing mirrorless full frame, they moved to using the same LPEN6 and NH6 batteries 
so that they had fewer battery types to manufacture, which is smart. And it makes their consumers happy as well. So I predict that they'll more than likely stick with the LPE19 battery for their R1. But we'll have to wait and see. Next up from Canon will be the EOS R5 II. In 2024, I fully expect Canon to release their new R5 II camera to update that model. And since they originally released the R5 and 6 at the same time, and yet they only updated the R6 to the R6 Mark II at this point, but like the R6 II, I believe the R5 II will get a slightly larger resolution sensor moving from 45 to 50 megapixels. And I'm also fairly certain that they will also bump the frames per second from 20 to 40 as they did in the R6. They could even go as high as 60. Now the R5 should also sport more AF subject recognition modes similar to the R6 II. And it will also have a little more in the video specs as well. Although the original already having 8K video, I believe any video updates will be incremental at best. The one major thing that would be great in the R5 II would be to move this camera body over to dual CF Express Type B cards and ditch the SD slot as the second slot altogether. Having dual CF Express Type B would make it a more compelling camera for those hybrid shooters who shoot both a lot of stills and a lot of video and make it more in line with its competitors. With the R5 II, Canon has to be careful what all they add to this body is they don't want to take sales away from their R5C model. So no massive video capabilities will be added to the R5 II. I do, however, also believe that we could see the release of the RF 35mm f1.2L lens alongside the R5 II, as none of the three big camera makers have released a 35 1.2 lens. And I personally think Canon will be the first to do so. They could possibly announce the 35mm alongside the R1, but it would make more sense to release it alongside the R5 II, as most of your pro sports shooters are using telephoto lenses, and Canon already has a strong list of RF telephoto lenses, beating out both Sony and Nikon there. The RF35 1.2L could also finish rounding out Canon's 1.2L Prime lineup since they already have their 50mm 1.2 and the 85 1.2L primes that are already on the market. And now for the heavy hitter that everybody's been waiting for, the EOS R5S or R5SR. The third and final major camera release I believe we'll see in 2024 from Canon will be the most anticipated replacement for their old EOS 5DS and SR, and that will be the new monster landscape camera. I'm not certain if they will go with the R5S or R5SR designation, and I don't believe that they'll release two models like they did back in the DSLR days. This new heavyweight in the landscape market will most likely sport a 100 megapixel sensor, as Canon has already developed a 100 megapixel sensor a few years ago, and they have yet to put it into a camera body. Now also keep in mind that the original R5S and SR were not super fast cameras with high frames per second, since they were both meant more for high resolution landscapes and studio portrait work. 
so don't expect 40 or 60 frames per second for this particular model either. Now, I also expect the dynamic range to be significant on this model as it was on the DSLR predecessor. So I would not be shocked to find out that this camera will have like 18 stops of dynamic range, making it a killer camera for stills photography. The original wasn't as high in dynamic range as the, M, as the 5D Mark III, but I believe Canon will ramp things up for this new camera. And it will be a major camera for those that only shoot landscapes and studio work as their main bread and butter photography. I would also expect Canon to stick with dual SD card slots on this model as the higher speeds of CF Express are not really warranted on this particular type of body. But then again, who knows, maybe they'll throw in one CF Express and one SD card slot. Canon is known for doing weird things like that with their memory card slots using two different medias for slot one and slot two. So again, that's something we're going to have to wait and see. All right, moving over to Sony, I predict the Sony A1 Mark II. 2024 will be the year that Sony refreshes their flagship body with the release of the A1 II. Since Sony released their A9 III in 2023, we can expect them to release the A12 in 2024 as their next logical move. This will be a significant move for Sony as they will have not only beaten Canon to the flagship mirrorless body market, but they will also have their second flagship on the market when Canon is only finally releasing their very first in 2024. Now, some would argue that the R3 is a flagship body, and it's hard against, uh, it's tough against the A1, but Canon has said it is not a flagship body, even though it hits all the tones of one. For their part, I think Sony will stick with the 50 megapixel sensor in the A1 Mark II, but they will give, uh, bump up the frames per second a lot, as I'm assuming they will put their new global shutter in their flagship camera's second generation. The new body will be capable of 120 frames per second and the insanely high flash sync speeds of the A9 Mark III, which will continue to punish Nikon Z9 flagship and cement its position as one of the most dominant flagship bodies ever made. Now, the A12 is also, in my opinion, the reason Canon will have a global shutter in their R1 flagship is Canon cannot afford to give up its number one slot in the camera world. Now, I also believe Sony will move away from dual CF Express Type A cards of its original A1 and finally release their proper flagship camera with dual CF Express Type B card slots. This would be huge as the Type B cards are cheaper with more than double the speed of the Type A cards, which will make Sony shooters happier and have less impact on their wallets because the Type Bs are available in higher capacity for less money than the Type A's. So that would be a win-win for everybody. Next up, the Sony A7S IV. The second major camera body announcement I predict from Sony in 2024 is the release of their A7S IV to replace the existing A7S III. Now this new camera will still have the 24 megapixel sensor of the S3, but we'll have more in the video specs with 60 or with 4K 60p, and I'm also predicting 1080p at 240 fps. The video modes will, of course, 
Use the full width of the sensor and this camera will have the same 15 stops of dynamic range. Being that the A7S line is Sony's big time video shooting camera, they will make sure that this new generation will also have their new A1 chip for even better AF performance and improvements, making those filmmakers shooting with this line of camera extremely happy with the performance of this latest model in the line. Now, when it comes to stills performance, even though this is primarily a video camera, I believe that Sony will up the frames per second again from the current 10 on the S3 to 14 on the new S4 to bump up that side of the camera as well. I also imagine that Sony will tweak the design a bit again as they did going from the 2 to the 3. And of course, the 4 will still use Sony's much better NP-FZ100 battery as well, as I could not see them going back to the poorer-performing NP-FW50. I also wouldn't be surprised that they release a re-ramped version of the FZ100 battery with an even better performance when shooting video with this brand new body. But again, that's something we may have to wait on. They may tweak the battery and, and release maybe an FZ100, you know, dash one or something like that. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But I think it's a possibility at least. Consistently creating new content isn't easy and it requires a lot of focus and energy. And it can be hard to balance them both with too much energy and you feel amped up and ready to bounce off the walls instead of feeling dialed in. And now I've found the perfect solution in this little shot called Magic Mind. Magic Mind is perfect as I can easily incorporate it into my morning routine and I don't have to cut out my coffee completely, just scale it back some. I used to start my mornings with six to eight cups of coffee because as I've gotten older, I found it harder to get started in the morning and coffee has always been my go-to vice for that. I spent years when younger in the army and then some time as a truck driver while putting myself through college and coffee was always there. The problem is you can have too much caffeine and not only feel amped up, but as you get older, it can also cause a high resting heart rate which was a problem I was having until I found Magic Mind Shots. Now, Magic Mind is all natural with ingredients like matcha, which contains way less caffeine than coffee, but also has the additional benefits of compounds that make the caffeine absorb more slowly into your body, and it keeps it more evened out, kind of like an extended release, like my extended release metformin would be a good example. Now, matcha also contains L-theanine that helps reduce stress, and it is only one of several of the all-natural ingredients in Magic Mind, and the rest you can read about on their website. With this little shot, I can be awake, alert, and focus all day long and get things done, whether it's my IT work, my photography, or making content for this podcast or my YouTube channel. I cut my coffee intake back to two cups and add Magic Mind, and I'm good to go. And the Magic Mind shots taste great as well. So if you're like me and your to-do list seems endless and you want to maintain focus, be less stressed, and just get things done without feeling amped up or crashing later in the day, then you need to reach for Magic Mind like I did. Head on over to the link in the show notes, which is HTTPS colon slash slash 
www.magicmind.com forward slash P-H-O-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. So that's magicmind.com slash photography. Because the Magic Mind team has created a super offer for me to share with all of my listeners. You get up to 56% off with your first subscription in the next 10 days. And 20% off your one-time purchase with code PHOTOGRAPHY20. That's P-H-O-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y-20. But hurry up as that 56% discount only lasts for 10 days from this episode airing, and then it's gone. And if you're lucky enough to live near any of the Sprouts Farmer's Market locations across the country, you could also head on down to Sprouts and pick up a few bottles to give it a try, and then use that subscription discount code, which again, you can find in the show notes. And I want to thank the good folks at Magic Mind for sponsoring today's episode. All right, now let's continue with my camera predictions for 2024. The Nikon Z6 III and Z7 III. In 2024, I do not predict any massive camera releases from Nikon since they already have their flagship Z9 on the market, and they've also already released the Mini Z9 in the Z8 body. The two cameras that I predict that Nikon will release are the refreshes for their Z6 and Z7 lines. Now, the new Z6 III will sport the same sensor as its predecessor, so nothing major there, with still using the 25 megapixel sensor. Now, I believe that Nikon will improve the AF system in these two bodies, and also that they will bump up the frames per second from the current 14 to 16, or possibly even 18, but we'll have to wait and see. Now, for the Z7 III, that's, of course, sticking with its current 46 megapixel sensor as the Z7 II, and just bump the frames per second from 10 to 12, or possibly even 14. Now, both cameras will finally move from CF Express Type B in slot 1 and SD in slot 2 to dual CF Express Type B for its local storage, which will be a nice improvement for the Nikon shooters. Now, I don't predict too many massive changes to these two camera bodies because Nikon already pissed off a lot of their Z9 owners by releasing the Z8, which is basically a Z9 and a smaller form factor. And I am hoping that they the blowback they got on the Z8 has gotten their attention and that they don't want to alienate their Z9 owners further by putting too much in these lower-end bodies. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the Z6 and 7 lines are bad cameras, far be it. Just that if Nikon is smart, they will continue to stick with incremental changes on these particular bodies to keep their customers happy and coming back for more. But again, we may have to wait and see. And now for the heavy hitter of 2024. First up, I predict the Fujifilm X100R. In 2024, I predict that a bit of a banner year for Fujifilm when it comes to camera bodies being released. And the first new body that I predict will be the replacement for the super popular X100V. And I'm calling it the X100R with the R standing for Roku, which is Japanese for the number six. The camera will sport the same perfected 23mm f2 lens, but I am thinking they might make it better weather-sealed 
no longer needing the adapter to make it a weather sealed lens, which I always thought was kind of silly. Now, I believe the sensor will remain the current 26 megapixel size, but there is a remote chance that they will update it to the newer 26 megapixel stacked sensor used in the X-H2S. I am not certain that they will do that, but they will absolutely change the processor to the new 5th generation one used in the XS20. Now, I am not expecting a ton of changes for this new generation of the X100 line, as it's already a perfect camera. And there just isn't a whole lot that they could really do to improve on what they already have. So I don't see massive changes other than possibly the stack sensor and a more weather sealed lens. And I would love to see them bump up the built-in ND filter from four stops to eight, but that's probably pie in the sky thinking. <laughs> All right, so the next one from Fujifilm, I believe will be the Fujifilm X-Pro4. And I pre predict that will be coming in 2024. And it's a highly anticipated camera body. The next in the X-Pro line, and this one will excite a lot of people. Now, I'm predicting the same size sensor for the X-Pro4 with the possibility that it could be the new fifth generation stack sensor from the X-H2S. And I don't expect much in the way of a frames per second bump unless Fujifilm decides to give it 12 or 14 FPS. But I'm not expecting it. This camera is a niche camera for street photography, so high FPS is not really needed. The X-Pro4 will, of course, have the fifth-generation processor like the X-H line and the X-T5 and X-S20. So it will have the faster and more accurate AF system that has been so popular in those previously mentioned bodies. This new, better AF performance will move the X-Pro line into a better position to its competitors when it comes to overall AF performance, just like the new X100R. Now, I am expecting it to go back to the original rear LCD from the X-Pro2, since a lot of people didn't like the hidden rear LCD on the X-Pro3. Although, it is one of the reasons that I personally love that camera the most. That film simulation window on the back that harkens back to the film days when we put the flap of our film box on the back of the camera to remind us what ISO speed film we were using was so handy. And having a digital film camera in the X-Pro3 just makes it more nostalgic, nostalgic for many of us that shot film and shoot with the X-Pro3 now. This camera will also most, most likely get 4K 60p video as a possible additional upgrade. The Fujifilm X-E5. The third camera body that I predict for 2024 is the next in the XE line, and that is the XE5. Now, I had thought that it was possible Fujifilm was ending this line, but now I'm not so sure. The XE has been a really popular line with its small, compact form factor, making it a fantastic travel vacation camera. And yet, you can still use any XF lenses on it. The X-E5, I predict that Fujifilm will stay with the 26 megapixel X-Trans 4 sensor, but will most likely add the fifth generation processor to improve AF performance. I also believe they might bump the video features to include 4K 60p as in the X-Pro4. One of the new items for the X-E5 will be that Fujifilm will finally upgrade the memory card slot from UHS-1 to UHS-2 for that single card slot. 
giving us better performance. Now, if you are an XE owner that has been clamoring for an upgraded battery for the XE5, I wouldn't hold my breath, as it just doesn't make sense for Fujifilm to make the body bigger for that better NPW235 battery like the XT line has. If they're not giving the X-Pro4 the newer, bigger battery, then there is no way they're giving it to the XE5. One of the main selling points of both the XE and the X-Pro line are the thin designs and adding more bulk for the battery just does not make sense and would increase the cost of both bodies as well. And I don't think that's anything that Fuji's looking to do is massively bump the price on either one of those cameras. The final camera that I predict from Fujifilm will be the GFX 50S III. With as fast as Fujifilm has been cranking out their medium format line of mirrorless cameras, I am predicting that they will most likely release the third generation in the 50S line with the GFX 50S III. Being its medium format, I am not expecting a lot in the way of improvement, save for hopefully a new 50.1 megapixel sensor. As the current one is extremely long in the tooth, having been used in the 50S, the 50S2, and the 50R. Now the camera will, of course, get their fifth generation processor, so we'll have improved AF performance to an extent, unless they go all out and make this model with their newer phase detect AF from the GFX100 line. But that is a bit of a stretch. So far, none of the GFX50 line of cameras has had anything but contrast detect AF. So they might not change that for the 50S3. Now with the newer sensor, Fujifilm could add easily add more than the current 117 focus points and make things better that way. And there is also a chance that they will bump the FPS back to five from the current three, since the original GFX 50S had five frames per second. And then for some reason, they went backwards with the 50S2 lowering it to three frames per second. So there is a chance they might raise it back up in the 50S3. But with it being primarily a landscape and studio camera, there's absolutely no guarantee on that. All right, and wrapping up today's episode, my pie in the sky, wishful thinking prediction. <laughs> the last camera entry on my list is not an actual prediction, as I am fairly certain Fujifilm has killed the GFX 50R line, since it didn't sell as well as the 50S or 50S2. Now, Fujifilm has also pretty much said there will be no more in the 50R line, but that could change in the future. And I personally would love to see a new GFX 50R2 with IBIS, a new generation of 50.1 megapixel sensor, and the fifth generation processor with phase detect autofocus. Also, give us more focus points. But alas, I am not getting that wish anytime soon because Fuji doesn't take my advice when it comes to designing new cameras. Uh, I can only dream.
Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 383 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. If you're not currently a subscriber, why not? It's absolutely free. doesn't cost you anything but a second of your time to mash that subscribe button. Do it now, please, so you don't miss a single episode in the future and also share out the show with all your friends and family on social media and ask them to give it a subscribe and a listen. Trust me, this is a great show to listen to while you're working out, while you're doing your housework, while you're in the office. It's an office friendly show, uh, no explicit language or anything like that, or a great show to listen to on your morning or afternoon commute back and forth to work. I want to also take the time once again to thank the good folks at Magic Mind for sponsoring this episode. Head on over to the links in the show note to get your discounts on Magic Mind and enjoy it like I have. It's been great. All right, folks, that's going to wrap this one up. I will see you next Thursday in 2024. Thank you.